Hi, my name is Renita, and I am your host of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. My podcast aligns with idea of my blog of feeling comfortable with you. I'm excited to share topics and ideas with you today. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome. If you like what you hear and see, please subscribe to the Be Your Own Kind YouTube channel. And if you're listening to the podcast, please follow me. Also in the description box, you can find my Linktree link to all Be Your Own Kind related matters, such as the BYOK merch, where we sell items from t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, and mugs. Also, you will find our website and the links to my social media. Also, we are always looking to collaborate with others, such as business owners, vloggers, bloggers, or just if you simply want to share your story. Last but not least, if you are looking to promote your business, Be Your Own Kind will gladly promote you. If you are interested in details, please email me at info at beyourownkind.com. Thank you for tuning in and for supporting the Be Your Own Kind platform. Treasure Glitz customizes stem and stemless glasses, mugs, shot glasses, you name it. I love showing off my personalized glasses. She has customized glasses for personal use and even for the Be Your Own Kind podcast. Customized drinkware is great for standing out at your event or relaxing in style at home. So order your item by calling or texting 708-299-7555. Well, hello, Michelle. How are you doing today? I am doing absolutely wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. Um, as we were talking before we started recording, um, you actually reside in Houston and um, you now have all your power and your heat restored. So that's really great. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> So um, just to give a short introduction um, of Michelle, she is an author and a philanthropist. She is super dope. You must check her out um, on her email. Um, tell us how you got into writing. Now, I did um, remember listening to um, a podcast and you you mentioned how um, a punishment catapulted, <laughs> you know, your love for writing. Can you expound upon that? Yes, ma'am, I can. So... Um, yes, my writing started at the age of 18 and it, it was the cause of a punishment. I was being a disrespectful teenager at that time, uh, talking back to my aunt and she went and she told my grandmother what it was that I did. And, you know, um, growing up under your grandparents, it's just a different kind of teaching from kids of today. They will never know what that old school rearing is like. But, you know, my generation and generations before me will definitely understand where I'm going with this. And so, um, you know, my grandmother, she didn't tolerate a lot of uh, disrespectful talk. My grandfather as well, because both of them raised me. And so um, she put me in a punishment that only I could take. So she uh, took everything away from me. I was on punishment for a week. It felt like forever. And I could not engage with anybody. Uh, The only time that I could come out was when it was time for me to eat or have a restroom break. Other than that, the room became my best friend. 
And so there was no TV, no telephone, nothing. And I could not, you know, use school as an escape from the punishment because it happened during the summertime. Ah. And so, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was very crushing. And so um, just being idle for a number of days where it's just you and the wall and your thoughts, um, that can get a little boring at some point. And so eventually I started having these thoughts come to my mind and they begin to, you know, enter in a way that I felt like I needed to write it down. So I grabbed a pad and something to write with and I started writing. And in that moment, that's when I discovered my unhip, my, um, my hidden talent for writing. And I've been writing ever since. My first poem is in my book. It's entitled, Look What You've Done To Me. And I'd have to say, I was a bit ahead of my time when I wrote that poem because it made it to my book many years later. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's it's been a nice journey for me. It's been a nice journey. I did release the book. Uh, we are in what, 2021? So it's gonna be 13 years. Uh, it has been 13 years um already but oh, wow. when i when i redid the anniversary collection which was last year um it was my 12 year uh anniversary so this is the original copy of the book right. poetic soul unspoken roots this is the original okay. copy uh -huh. um yeah i was i was quite young this is me on the cover and as you can see i did an evolution because 12 years later here is the anniversary edition of the book, which nice. you can see, you know, the poster behind me. And in here, I've added uh, five additional poems. Okay. Um, and I've also added some images that wasn't in the original book. Okay. And it's basically taking uh, the new readers uh, to a... Uh, uh, um, a walk in time where you can kind of get a feel for what I did back then and then bringing you up to speed to where I am today. And so it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I would like to give a shout out to my publishing company, Great Publishing Company. Uh, they did my book, both books. They did both books for me. Nice. And um I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. And I'm just looking forward to continue to push it so that people can become familiar with me, come from, become familiar with my work. And, you know, I can use it as a tool to inspire people. Nice. I love that. And where can uh, where can we find your book? Currently, my book is directly on my website, which is www.bthe michellelanette.com and you can get a copy of the anniversary uh, book. It's my collector's item and I also have merchandise there where I did like a soft launch into me working into my clothing line which is Michelle Lynette and there's t-shirts um, and baseball caps there for now and I did that because I wanted to kind of dabble into fashion and that's because I grew up around my grandmother who was a seamstress and a model and so she made a lot of 
our clothes, her clothes, and she would be in these fashion shows and people would come just to see her because she would put on a show. And so I get some of my fashion sense from her. And so I wanted to dabble into that side of me and break that's part of what I'm working on right now. But it'll be things that represent my style, like uh, the, the um, classy, chic, uh, kind of relaxed kind of woman who likes to get dressed up and dolled up and you know be a Barbie for a day or so and then when she feels like being comfortable she has she has comfort wear so I'm dabbling to both sides of myself with that with the hopes of um bringing it out later this year okay okay well grandma must be sharp because you're looking dope today <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> now one thing i find in writers um sometimes you get that thing and i will talk about that later about writer's block but what keeps you inspired to write it's a combination of things it can either be something that i'm going through in my life personally um that will inspire me to express myself in a way that's positive and it could be something that I've seen on TV, something that, you know, I've heard about through, you know, someone else's life. It could be a friend. It, it's just an act of events that will pull my attention and allow me to thoroughly express myself about what it is that I feel when I see certain things happening, you know, in life. Hmm. Okay, I like that. Um, and what moment did you realize that writing was your purpose? Because sometimes we write and it's like, okay, this is a nice little hobby. But then there are some people where there's like, no, I was born to do this. You know, I was born to touch people through this art. And what was that moment for you? Actually, again, it goes back to that young tender age, you know, 18, because I went through a lot of tragic things too. And those tragic things started when I was 15. Um, I unfortunately went through um, being taken advantage of by a pastor at that time. And so that's when the trauma of my life began at that age. And because of that, um, you know, I carried that for a long time. I've written about it in my book. Um, it's um, there. I'm telling my story there. And it's called She Never Said a Mumly Word. That's my story from that experience. And so, um, you know, I, I had to carry that for a long time. And eventually, you know, the gentleman and I, we came across one another by accident. And when he saw me, he apologized for what he did. He still pastors at the same church today. There was a lot of disruption, you know, with that happening to where, you know, my family had to leave the church. A lot of other members left the church, but it was me speaking up about it that allowed other young people that had gone through that experience with him as well to come out and speak about their experiences too. Wow. So I didn't like that I had to be the, the person to speak up. I, I wasn't planning for it to come out. I just told my best friend at the time what happened to me. And she told the gentleman that I was talking to at the church at the time what happened. And shortly after church was over, he approached the pastor about it and a fight broke out. Oh, wow. And so I, I had to, I had to say it. Right. And so, um, but to be able to speak about it today, 
I think is good because there are women like me and possibly some men who are carrying the burdens of their past with them and just not have found a place to let it go. And if I can be a voice for the voiceless to give them some level of hope and encouragement, I'll be that, you know, to, to help people along the way. And aside from that, you know, I've experienced a lot of death around me too within my family. So, you know, that started at the age of 18, you know, when I lost my mother, she did not get a chance to see me complete high school. She passed away a couple of months before I finished high school. And so, you know, from there, it was my sister, my grandparents, my aunt. So a lot of very close family members that has been a part of my life, you know, as a child, they are no longer present with me. So for me to be able to deal with all of the tragic things that I've had to deal with and still navigate my way in life and not become, you know, a drug addict, an alcoholic or a sex addict or very volatile towards people because I don't know how to channel the pain that I'm carrying, I would say it speaks volumes that I've been able to still remain positive and find my way going through such hard things. So there's a lot going on with me that I can share with with many people to inspire them to look at the living <laughs> example in front of you. Like I've had some hard experiences, but I'm still here um, looking great and speaking life into myself, trying to speak life into other people to let them know that just because you go through something difficult in life doesn't mean you can't find your way out of it and go meet the best part of yourself because the best part of yourself is waiting to show up and show out just like the this you know this crushing side of you has been very present with you for a while now it's time to put that side to you you know that side of you excuse me to bed so that you can live abundantly that's a word right there that's a word Mm -hmm. right there like you know life happens but you got to keep persevering you got to keep pushing and when we go through things at the moment we don't know why when we come out um and and we find acceptance you know with what happened and we find healing in what we happen now we share that with other people so that they can heal as well I feel like sometimes we go through things just to be a blessing to to other people you know so when people read your book they're like man she wrote a whole book. She did this. She did that. She persevered. Like, how many <laughs> lives are you touching and how many lives are you saving? Because suicide is a part of, you know, of, of, tra- of trauma as well, you know? So you're saving lives. And I think that's very dope. Very dope. Mm-hmm. And um, you're very courageous. Very courageous because some people live with their secrets forever, especially when it comes to church, you know, um, being shunned and things like that, you know? especially in our culture too you know it's like oh just stay away from uncle so-and-so why is uncle so-and-so not in jail you know like that's that's i I just i don't know um that'll be a whole other subject but yeah (laughs) so i think that's very (laughs) courageous of you you know so um kudos to you and um i gotta get this book so uh (laughs) so we were talking about (laughs) i mentioned writer's block um in the beginning and i was reading and there was a debate that there is no such thing as a writer's block. What do you feel about that? Mm. There is 
definitely a such thing as writer's block because you can be in the middle of writing something and all of a sudden you just can't write anymore and you're like stuck and you're like I was just in a rhythm of writing this 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 now it's it's stopped writer's block happens when you have too much distraction around you and you can't focus your creativity is being put on standstill until you can remove your distractions right. and it's a very real thing and so the way that i handle my writer's block because i have had it more than once it happens um i've had to learn how to quiet down because when you got a lot of noise going on around you and you're being pulled from one place to another everybody needs you for something you don't have time to do what you need to do because you got a lot of chatter going on up here. You got a lot of people that need you for, you know, random things and it, it interrupts your creativity. Right. And so for me, I've learned the importance of finding quiet time because quiet time helps you to refocus on what it is that you need to do. You can't do anything when you're distracted. Right. You know, and you have to know how to um, put your distractions to the side for you to do what you need to be able to do. That makes a lot of sense. And for those writers that even when they try to eliminate distractions, but they still can't find any inspiration, what advice would you have to those writers? Don't force it. It'll come to you naturally. Because when you try to force it, it's not going to come out right. It's, it's not going to flow nothing's gonna make sense just let it come when it comes even if it comes to you at the most awkward times which that will happen you have to take a moment to have your pad and your pen or your phone or your ipad whatever it is that you have to immediately write down what it is that's in you that you need to get out so that you won't forget to do it you know yeah, because it comes in an inopportune time. You could just be like brushing your hair like, <gasps> and then you're done. When you're done brushing your hair, the moment is slow. So you are right about keeping some type of writing pad or something around you because thoughts flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's good advice. Um, so in addition to being an author, you are also a motivational speaker and a philanthropist and a business owner. Michelle Lynette is a brand, y'all. <laughs> Not just the name. Can you tell us a little bit about your company, Michelle Lynette Enterprises? Okay. Michelle Lynette Enterprises is basically, it's a multi-brand business. I have my hands in, in a lot of different things. You know, I am doing my philanthropy work where I work with elders, women, and children, which is a private company I have called EWC, and I'll get into that a little later. Um, I am also working on um, doing a pamper box line for pregnant women, which has been in rotation for a while now. It was supposed to release this winter, but unfortunately, one of the vendors that I was planning to partner with is no longer in business. So I'm starting over, you know, trying to find someone that can uh, bring to the table what it is that I want to bring to the ladies. And so um, that will happen this year, of course. It will definitely happen because I've been working on it for a long time. And, you know, I feel like if you take care of the uh, mothers, you take care of the mothers, uh, they will take care of you. And so 
being able to cater to a pregnant woman and pamper her back to life after she's gone through nine months of carrying this child, I say technically 10, <laughs> you know, because some pregnancies, you know, carry on longer. But, you know, when she gets through um, going through uh, the laboring part, she is worn out. You know, she's tired, exhausted. She has to find herself in taking care of this new baby. And so I felt like it was very important to pamper the mother back to herself so that she can, you know, be uh, herself again and even feel good about where she is now as a mother because some mothers find insecurities after, you know, they have had uh, children because it takes our bodies time to go back to normal. And, you know, if you massage our emotions and help us feel good we can be good you know in the process of our healing so that's what that was about um about that does, does every does I, I don't have any children so i know postpartum is um normally associated with you know neglecting the baby but is it does every woman after post birth have a hint of postpartum or is that a is that a thing for every woman I can't say every woman has that. I, I won't say that because I did not experience postpartum depression at all. So it's not my story, but it is the story of so many other women. Uh, what I experienced was pain, and I think I was in too much pain to be feeling depressed. <laughs> you know, because I had cesareans with my kids. So I was just trying to figure out how to get past the pain so I can walk again. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's definitely, um, I can say for sure that we do, we are sensitive about our bodies during that time. Definitely so. Because we still have this, this belly that has to go down in its own timing and every woman's body, you know, um, heals differently. For me, it took a little while. And, you know, you look at your, yourself and you're like, Oh, how come this can't go away faster? And then you're seeing, you know, public figures out here showing you that their bodies is just snatched after a week. And then you're, you, you know, you're kind of missing with the mental space of a woman who doesn't snap back that easily. Right. And so um, my whole goal is not to make you feel like you got to look like a size two once you've had your baby in five days. It's just to make you feel good about the fact that you allowed yourself to be a mother and that you've allowed yourself to go through this whole process. Now that you've gone through this, you've gone through, um, you know, the hardship of having the baby. Let me make you feel good and proud of being a woman and knowing that you can give life and knowing that you know just because your body is going through a physical change and you may be going through an emotional or mental change you are still worthy of being pampered and praised and that's what I want to give you know to my to my mothers life 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 and uh what's your other adventures I'm sorry I cut you off <laughs> <laughs> oh it's okay it's okay um so I am um working on the children's book uh, with my my baby girl, with my baby girl, we're we're doing that right now. We started that before the holidays, and we're in the writing phase. And I found the illustrator for it. I'm so excited about it. Um, you know, we're doing that. I am also working on a cookbook that I am planning to release 
later in the summer. It is going to feature recipes from my grandmother and my grandfather. And then it will also be all of my favorite foods with my twist to it. So it's it's going to be, you know, my favorite foods with the twist. Okay. And I'm I'm very excited about that. So excited to put that together and, and get it out there. I've been working on it and I'm going through the tester phases now where I will be starting to cook the food to make sure it is in alignment with the recipe. And I'm very anxious to get that out so that people can kind of get a feel of what I like and how it tastes, you know? <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Nice, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm working on a memoir as well about my life. Okay. And the plan was for it to come out this year, but due to COVID, um, I decided to postpone it until next year because there's a way that I want to release it that I have not seen done before and there's theater involved. And so um, I want the people to be able to come in and experience that with me and they can't experience that with me online. So I just said, I will put it off because this is how I see it and this is how I want to deliver it. And um, I think that's gonna be uh, one, one of the best things that I've done with the way that my vision is for that. And so um, be, um, on the lookout for that in 2022, but it will be fall of 2022. Okay. It'll be the fall of 2022. Yes. Um, and, you know, aside from that, I like to inspire people. Okay. So I'm generally, I'm a talker. You know, some people, um, I guess you can say I'm a people person. I'm a lover of people. So I am approachable. People can come and talk to me. I talk to a lot of people and I just listen to them. And sometimes in listening, I pick up things that they may not have thought about or if they did think about it, they just weren't confident enough to pursue it. And then I'll bring it to the forefront of them and say, hey, you know, have you thought about doing this? Or have you thought about doing that? Perhaps you should consider doing X, Y, Z because I think this is very fitting for you. Mm -hmm. um, or even if I'm listening to somebody that's just really dealing with some heavy insecurities, I speak life into them because, you know, life is hard. <laughs> you know, life is hard all by itself. And a lot of people don't have, um, somebody that can really help boost them in a positive space to where they don't have to deal with the stresses of the world. And if I can be a person that can encourage you to uh, see life differently and make a decision on meeting the best version of yourself, then I wanna be that. Because every person I feel deserves to be who God put them here to be without feeling any type of insecurity about it or worried about if people are going to view them differently just because it's not what people think they should be or how they should live their lives. We all come here with a purpose. Right. And my purpose is not your purpose and your purpose is not mine. And so with that being said, I just want to encourage people to take the opportunity to get to know you and allow the best version of you to show up and live. And that that's what I'm doing. Um, so many things that, you know, I have on my 
list of things to to do. I even want to do a program helping, you know, teenage girls and boys. And I'm even considering starting it at a younger age, you know, maybe um, kids that are in third or fourth grade. And it's a program that will help little boys little girls, teenagers, you know, both male and female, learn how to be ladies and gentlemen again. Hmm. Because when I came up, I was involved in programs that taught me how to be a lady, okay? These kids don't have that anymore. What they have is the internet. What they have is a lot of twerking. What they have is a lot of stupid talk. And it's just like, who are you? Is this my next generation? Are you gonna leave me in the future? You know, when I'm in my old age, I don't think I want you to leave me in my old age. <laughs> you know, they have taken out the yes ma'am, the no ma'am. They've taken out the respect that kids should have. And, you know, being a lady, there it's class, is not taught anymore. No. Class is not taught anymore. Being a gentleman is not taught anymore. When I tell you I'm so sick of seeing these boys showing off their bottoms, like what is wrong with you? You know, I, I just don't like that. There's nothing gentleman-like about that you don't at hold all. The doors anymore. They just slam the door in your face on the bus. <laughs> they won't get up. Yeah, I yeah. just... You know, so I, that's, that's another thing. It's just a slew of things. So when I say I am building Michelle Lynette Enterprises and it's a multi-brand company, that's because it, because it is, you know, I am dabbling into different things that ultimately means serving the people encouraging the people to be better versions of themselves and we, if we got to start with the babies so they can train up to be you know good gentlemen and and good women and you know intellectual beings so be it we can start young i mean that's where it starts it starts young right. and i just want to be able to contribute to my community in a way that makes um them being active, reliable, uh, promising citizens in the future. Because like I said, I don't know that the generation that I see today, I want them to take care of me in my old age. <laughs> well, do you think the obsession with the older generation wanting to stay young is a part of that though? Like no one's trying to be an example because they're they're trying to be young with the with the younger generation? Well, here's the thing. If you still trying to live like you're 20 years old and you've passed that season already, then there's something wrong with you. Maybe you started, maybe you're a late bloomer <laughs> and you're trying to catch up, you know, with your youth. But there are seasons for a reason. There are four seasons, um, you know, with fall, winter, uh, spring and summer, we get four seasons, right? It's the same thing with our life. We have stages of our life that are broken down in seasons. I mean, you only have so much time to be a baby and then you move into your infant stage and then you move into being like a kid. Then you have your adolescent years and you know, here you are, you're adult for, you know, once you hit 18, you know, the law recognizes you as an adult. Yes, you're still old enough to get in trouble, but young enough to still need your parents. But from 18 to the time you expire, you are grown for the rest of your life. You know, you have more time to be an adult than you have to be a child. 
And so um, I just think that, uh, you know, if, if it's the older generation trying to keep up with the younger generation, you have no purpose for that because you've lived your time. Right. Go. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean you can't have youthful moments. You can. Right. But you are no longer in this stage of your life now. There is some part of you that have to, to uh, excuse me, you have to start being the example to these young people. Because if you acting like them, do you really think they're going to respect you if you acting like them? Right. It's like you're a peer. <laughs> right. And you're not on the same level at all. You're way up here and they're right here. Right. <laughs> it's not gonna work. They should be learning, they should be learning from you essentially, not the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, I say, you know, I really can't wait to become an elder. And they would say, Who says that? Who goes around saying that? I say it because it's just certain things that elders can get away with. <laughs> you know, people will excuse it and, and I'm looking for that time to come. But for the most part, I, I want to be able to look back at these kids, my kids and, you know, uh, their kids and just watch and see how they form and how they blossom and see where they in. You know, it'll be nice to see. But um, if I'm trying to be like them, then uh-uh, I'm, I'm, it's something wrong with me. <laughs> I'm still trying to, you know, if I'm still trying to do what you do, it's something wrong with me. <laughs> if, if you're doing a twerking challenge, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I embrace getting older. You know, I may look younger, which is fine, but I embrace aging. I embrace it. And you're right, there's nothing wrong with fun. Not even even twerking has its appropriate, you know, appropriate <laughs> time. But when you when you're consumed with the younger culture, I think that's when it is a little disconnect there. So I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can you expound a little bit on the um elder women and children component? Absolutely. So Elders, Women and Children, EWC. It is a private company that I created five years ago. Uh, with my children and it started from me just thinking about what could I do at the holiday season for the elders and so what I decided to do was purchase gifts and treats and take it to the elder community and I made my girls go with me at the time because I wanted them to understand the importance of giving back right. and um, I also wanted the elders to know Many of them don't have family. It's a very sensitive time of the year for them. And some of them do have family. But whether they have family or not, I wanted to be the person to show them that there's somebody out here thinking about you. You are not alone. Merry Christmas to you. Happy New Year. Let me be a blessing and put a smile on your face. And it was such a success that I decided to continue it. And so um, this past December, my kids and I, we took 90 gifts to 90 seniors this past Christmas. And unfortunately, we couldn't engage with them because of COVID, but I was able to get pictures from that experience. And it was so heartwarming to me. I was quite emotional about it, but I enjoyed it because I was able to put a smile on their faces, especially during this time, you know, COVID. I, I wanted to make sure that they definitely got something. And so um, 
Plus, I'm very sensitive towards elder people because my grandparents raised me, as I said, and that's a part of why I did that. Um, women and children, it's for women who are in shelters, whether they were displaced from being in an abusive relationship or just experience financial hardship, whether it's just a woman by herself or a woman with children. And being that I am a mother and I do have children, I am very, um, you know, sensitive to women and children in general because it takes a lot for a woman to be able to sacrifice herself every day to be able to um, raise up other human beings who will eventually be adults themselves and so I teach my children about the importance of philanthropy work because I want them to know that you don't just live to be provided for you live to make sure that you provide for somebody else because one day you are going to reach this part of your life and you never know who you may need to lend a hand over to you so give your time um my oldest daughter she's more sensitive towards um the homeless people. She 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 has a theme for providing for homeless people, and my thing is for elders, women, and children. And so my goal is to um, grow a nonprofit um, with my company to be able to give to every senior uh, community here in Houston. Um, I, I want to do that very much and the same for women and children i want to be able to help women who are in shelters to one day be able to come out get a home for themselves and their kids if they have children and kind of start life over again and i know that my work is cut out for that but i'm up for the challenge because i i just want to be able to see you know people do good in life yeah i love that I love that. Like you're all about giving back. Like that mm-hmm. that's what your brand is like giving back. And I love that. I, I simply love that. Um, so we have a staple question here on BYOK. And that is if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Um ah. <laughs> in one word, what would I describe myself? Um I would have to say genuine. Hmm. I would have to say genuine. And that's because I genuinely care about the well-being of other people. Um, I'm more of a giver than I am a taker. And one thing that I noticed about myself is that I sacrifice myself a whole lot, you know, to see a smile on other people's face. And that has gotten me some hurt along the way, <laughs> but it's just a part of my character. It's, it's just a part of my character. I really like to see people um, be in a better place in life. But the strength in that is even after getting burnt, you still give because some people stop and they get bitter and they're like, I'm never doing this again. But the beauty is you don't allow a couple of bad apples to stop you from being true to who you are and and giving and helping someone else so i love that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i do um so you know what this was a great conversation like <laughs> I, I really i i just look forward to everything that you're doing um you got to grab the book guys because i definitely am i i want to i want to read the poems i want to know <laughs> <laughs> well 
I appreciate you allowing me to come on your platform and speak to your listeners. And let me just say to your listeners, uh, for those of you who are now being introduced to me, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen and learn a little bit about who I am as a person and as, you know, an author, as a businesswoman, you know, as an inspirational leader and a philanthropist, you know, I'm just a, a bundle of, um, God's blessing. I like to say that. <laughs> and um, just follow me on all of my platforms. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. I am all under the T-H-E Michelle Lynette. And again, you can go to my website, which can also link you to my platforms at www.themichellelynette.com. And I look forward to having you guys, you know, journey with me as I continue to grow in my in my uh, calling. Okay, awesome. That was my next question. Where can they follow you? But you handled it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, um, thank you so much for being a part of the BYOK platform. Um, I've learned so much from you, and I and I hope listeners that you have too. Um, don't forget to give back and not only be kind to yourself, but to spread that kindness to others as well. And so next time, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>